0: Certainly, thank you for that musical number as they find their way to their seats. I just want to say to you if you've not received a card from our ministry yet, I have one for you, and I would ask you to consider serving with us in Santa Maria, California. Uh, Part of the design of this card, though, is to pray for us, uh, and if all of you would simply commit to praying for us one time, maybe two, maybe three, or without ceasing, I think that would certainly make a lot of difference and that would be awesome. There's a question on the front. And that is, do you want to help turn the world upside down? And that comes, if you remember chapels well, from Acts 17.6 in Thessalonica, where Mark Herbster preached a couple of weeks ago in his introduction to the book of Thessalonians. And we're just trying to turn the world upside down in Santa Maria, California, through a simple local church ministry and a school uh, and church and preschool ministry. Uh, We have just under 400 students in the kindergarten through 12th grade, We have about 30 preschool students right now, and we would love your help in that process. Uh, My wife and I are leaving fairly quickly after chapel today, but would love to talk to you about serving the Lord in, for what some of you might call, a foreign land, uh, California. Uh, But the truth is that the same sinners are found in California that are found in Wisconsin. And the same gospel that works in Wisconsin works in California. It is still the cross, and the greatest life that is lived is the life that is sold out To God's plan, and we would love to have you helping us with that, and you can help us with that even, as I say, from here in Watertown, Wisconsin. I want to be clear this morning that I have a lot to learn, but I have learned a lot from Maranatha Baptist Bible College, Maranatha Baptist University. Uh, I love the local church. It, It amazes me. I'm amazed that God wants to use me in this method to get the gospel to the world, And I learned that love from basically two human sources. One was my dad and mom. Uh, My dad was a pastor and taught me to love local church ministry. I went to the academy here at Maranatha, having lived 45 minutes away, and enrolled to come to Maranatha for college. And I came to registration in Alumni Hall, and the registrar said to me, what's your major? And with a deer-in-the-headlights look, I looked at uh, that lady and said... Nothing, looked over my shoulder at my dad and he said, biblical studies. So at that time, God's voice was speaking through a gray haired 47 year old man telling me what to do because the other human source that made a difference in my life as far as the local church is concerned is Maranatha Baptist University. And there's no doubt about that in my mind. So thank you for that as an institution and some of you who are played a significant role in that, are still here today. Would you turn your Bibles very quickly this morning to Deuteronomy chapter 8 and follow along there as I go in a few minutes uh, to a couple of verses there and then go later to other scriptures as well. Our 15-year-old son, we have five children, our 15-year-old son Matthew had epilepsy for several years. A significant percentage of children with epilepsy end up outgrowing it as they become a teenager or soon after. And once we realized he had it after a couple of seizures, it was able to be controlled through medicine, and then, very thankfully, it was gone about a year ago. Uh, His neurologist is a very kind older man, and he's a believer, but I was asking him a few years ago after Matthew was having an EEG and we were in the room and he was reading it, EEG where you have all the wires attached to your head and they read your brain waves. I asked him what all those lines meant and how he would know for sure that indeed Matthew no longer had epilepsy. And in all sincerity and kindness, yet with a little bit of an edge of a very smart neurologist, the doctor looked at me over his glasses and said, I can't teach you that here in this room. (laughs) I went went to years of medical school to learn that, and I I knew at that point to back off His point was this. The brain is incredibly complex. And with the brain and our heart, our control center, comes our memories. And our memories are incredibly complex. In fact, how many of you would admit this morning, you would say, I have a terrible memory. Anybody willing to admit that? Okay and the rest of you are liars. So we all forget many things in some way. This is, I don't know if this is God playing with me, all respect to a worthy uh, God, But I lost the five cards that our team was given over the weekend that you pay a $10 deposit to get into the dorms. I was responsible for collecting them, because I'm the most responsible, and giving them back to the Welcome Center. And when I went this morning to uh, give them my credit card for a couple of things, I realized I have not given Carrie back the cards. And now I'm out $50. I can't remember where I put them, so I'm looking frantically even yet this morning for those cards. There's no doubt that forgetting is part of life. In fact, we're warned in scripture of this tendency to be forgetful people. We're familiar with James where he tells us how easy it is to forget. He says in James chapter 1, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass." glass, For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. I would imagine that none of you looked in the mirror this morning and moments later forgot what you saw. You did something about what you saw. I have two simple goals quickly this morning. And that is for you to, that you will all form godly memories and that you will obey the scripture's instructions to indeed remember. What do I mean by that? Look at Deuteronomy chapter 8 beginning in verse number one, in this warning to Israel. The Bible says in verse one, All the commandments which I command thee this day shall you observe to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord sware unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know that was in thine heart whether thou wouldst keep his commandments or no. Verse 11 Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping His commandments and His judgments and His statutes which I command unto you this day. Verse 12, Lest thou, when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied and all that thou hast is multiplied then thine heart will be lifted up and thou forget the Lord thy God which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Verse 19, And it shall be, if thou do it all, forget the Lord thy God, and walk after other gods, and serve them, and worship them. I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. I wonder, has I forgot ever worked as an excuse for you? You told your parent, parent says, Why didn't you clean your room? Well, you see, here's the thing. I forgot. Your teacher says, where's your project? Well, you see, here's the thing. I forgot. The IRS says, where's your tax return? Well, you see, here's the thing. I forgot. God says, why did you forget? What I did. What I said. Well, you see, here's the thing, God. I forgot. God desperately wants us to remember. And certainly, Scripture tells us specific things to remember. But may I encourage you this morning that God also wants you to simply make memories that surround His plan for you. Now, I understand the danger of sharing some of my own memories. Perhaps your parents have taken you on a trip to where they grew up and you couldn't have cared any less. A few summers ago, we drove from California to Wisconsin and went to Stoughton, 45 minutes away from here where I grew up, where I spent much of my time growing up. And we told our children, we're going to take them to where dad grew up. and We're going to show them where dad played little league baseball. and We're going to show them the church that dad went to. And they really didn't care. Until I told them that we're going to go to the well-known Fosdahl's Bakery, and they still really didn't care until they realized they were going to get donuts, and that's all that mattered. <laughs> I'm not promising donuts this morning to you, and some of the memories I share with you are relatively meaningless. But in my mind, they connect in my head to other memories and lessons that all have me in a place where God was working on my heart. I shared with you already that I had the privilege of going to the academy when I was in high school, ninth through twelfth grade. Well, one day in basketball practice, right down here on the end, of the, this end of the court, at the top of the key, uh, I was reprimanded for not running off of a screen that was supposed to be set for me. The reason I say supposed to be was because the player didn't set a pick like he was supposed to. So I told the coach, he didn't set a screen. That coach didn't appreciate that. (laughs) And so he made all the team go to the sidelines and made me run suicides on this court, well the old court, in front of all the other players, both JV and varsity. By the way, I told that story in our church years ago to a, in our area, well-known basketball coach. And uh, Mario didn't do much in church. He usually fell asleep in church as far as his age was concerned. But when I told that story in a Bible study years ago, Mario peeked up when I said, the coach made me run. He blurted out in the middle of church, and he should have made you run. (laughs) Indeed. During a basketball game in high school, I took a charge on that end of the court, and I got called for a technical foul. I mean, I jumped to my feet in disbelief, and the ref quickly said that I flopped. I didn't know you could get a technical foul for flopping. But I was called for a technical foul. Lesson learned. I got one detention in all four years of high school. At the time, the academy was on the second floor of Old Main. It was the last week of school. And so they had no one to watch me for detention. Also at the time, the second floor of Old Main was tile. And I had to mop the entire second floor, except for the offices in Burkhart Hall, which was the library then. I had to mop the entire second floor for my detention. Lesson learned. I spent a couple of hours last night on the phone with a situation going on in our ministry. And my mind immediately went to a song that we as high schoolers sang a few hundred feet away from where I was making those calls. Things done in secret shall be made known. When with the saints we will bow at his throne, the book shall be opened. My name, your name, he will call, and things done in secret shall be made known to all. And over in guest suite number three, I remembered that song that I sang over 25 years ago as a high schooler in this gym on risers, and the song often comes to my mind in many ministry situations. I have in my office in California, behind my desk, all the notes from my college classes, now neatly bound in folders. We were working in our ministry through the book of Acts on Sunday mornings, recently in our church, and I pulled out my notes from Acts that I had taken nearly 20 years ago. I came to a couple of pages where the blanks were still blank. And I wondered what happened. I couldn't remember what happened. And quite honestly, the teacher that I had now is with the Lord in heaven. So I had really no one to call except classmates, which I wasn't relying on. But no one to call to ask what those blanks were. And then as I continued to turn pages, I saw a couple of odd scribble marks that I had made that were in vertical form where my pen had fallen from my hand where I fell asleep in class that day. And here's what happened when I saw that page. In all honesty, I looked at that page and my mind immediately went back and thought, I remember falling asleep in class that day. And memories lead to memories that all lead to lessons that God is trying to teach us. I remember hearing a message while a student here and challenged by it. So I bought the cassette tape. Yes, I am That old. And I took it back to my dorm room. It sat on the shelf for a while there in Spurgeon 104 and listened to it months later, remembering what God had done in my heart at the time, but then hearing things that I don't even remember the speaker saying. You know, I heard that the sermon series from last year on 1 John and James are available in book form. And this is not a sales pitch. I strongly encourage you to get those copies because what they'll do, if you're listening in chapel carefully, they will remind you of memories that God is trying to teach you. On one occasion in chapel, I was sitting on this stage left side about halfway back in the angled seating. And you can see that the first chair sticks out a little bit in each row, and I worked most evenings, and so I was often quite sleepy when it came to sitting in places. I've already explained that in class with note-taking. Well, I was sitting there with one leg crossed, like guys often sit, and I began to drift off to sleep. At the time, some of the leadership sat here on the platform in chapel for the entire chapel service, and Dr. Brock, not yours, his father, was sitting here on the platform on the side. And as I began to drift off to sleep, I had that moment where you feel like you're falling. And I jolted from my sleep and literally both feet shot out into the air. And I have no idea how the people around me responded because it create, created quite a ruckus. The speaker, who I don't remember as well, kept on speaking. What I do remember is Dr. Brock sitting also with one leg crossed like men often sit, sort of sitting a little bit sideways, if you can picture John Brock slowly turned and just stared at me <laughs> for what i felt like was the rest of chapel and that indeed kept me awake and i sat there embarrassed i remember sitting in class on the third floor in theology 3 and the teacher was working through notes one day and stopped in the middle of class looked over his glasses and simply said in the most humble and generous and non-greedy way men Can you imagine, and in all seriousness, he said, can you imagine that one day you will be paid to study God's word? And I still get shivers when I just think about that reality. I remember being told by Mr. Morris, one of my homiletics teachers, that I was going to be preaching in chapel at the end of the year. He was coming down the stairs there in Old Main, as you look at them, the right staircase And upon being told, I immediately got nervous and scared at the thought of doing such. And the day came to do so, and I sat on the platform on this side next to Dr. Oates and was thinking in all honesty of leaning over to him just to say to him, Dr. Oates, I can't do this. And the last song before the preaching was sung was, Lord, I need you. Towards the end of my junior year, my wife's parents came to town from California for the weekend, and I prepared to ask my future father-in-law if I could marry his daughter outside of what used to be the welcome center there between Old Main and here. I just couldn't bring myself to do it, though. I was so scared. Thankfully, my now wife had told her dad what I was planning on doing, and I don't know if he read my nerves or if he was nervous himself, and, because after not being able to bring myself to ask, he simply said that they would be glad to have me as part of their family. So I never even had to ask if I could <laughs> marry his daughter. He just simply allowed me in. So many memories of my time at Maranatha that are so sweet. I have memories that I won't share of wrong decisions made. And I go to various places on this campus and I remember words that I said and decisions that I made and think how I wish I could go back and choose differently. Be careful about what you remember, about the memories you are creating because the choices that you make create memories so create godly memories every time we sin we are essentially forgetting what god has said and we're forgetting the value of the boundaries that he wants on in our lives you know very practically speaking most memories usually involve others so may i plead with you as students to get out of your comfort zone to serve people regularly You have the opportunity to form unbelievably wonderful memories at Maranatha. Don't waste it. You know, if you've ever been around someone who's lost their memory due to some medical diagnosis, you know how precious our memories are. So take your mind and your memories and filter them through the truth of the Word of God. Read God's Word, as simplistic as it sounds. Read God's Word every single day and remember God's Word. Remember God's promises and remember God's past and remember God's power. David said in Psalm 143, verse 5, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all thy works. I muse on the work of thy hands. Asaph says in Psalm 77, verse 11, I remember the work works of the Lord surely I will remember thy wonders of old. Remember God's faithfulness. He has never let you down. Now that doesn't mean that he's never orchestrated a plan that didn't make sense to you in some way. He's fairly good at that. But he's never failed. Take one of the most basic elements of our day that we probably all take for granted. Psalm 19, verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows His handiwork and the verses go on to explain the power and the rising of the sun. The sun rises each and every morning and has for the last several thousand years, it has never, not one single day, failed to rise. Do you want to really annoy your roommates and, and yet potentially motivate them at the same time? Tomorrow morning, be the first one up in your room. Look out the window if there's no clouds. I haven't looked at the forecast for here tomorrow. But look out the window if there's no clouds and shout, It happened again! And and then rush to each of your roommates and kindly but intensely shake them and say, Hey, it happened again! And in their grogginess, they may ask, What in the world are you talking about? And you proceed to tell them that the sun rose again. How did that happen? God did it again. He is faithful in every way. And with the psalmist David, we say in Psalm 103, verse 2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Remember God's faithfulness. Remind yourself in that of God's goodness. You know, I believe one of the devil's greatest lies is that sometimes it's hard to see the goodness of God. That is a flat out lie. It is not hard to see the goodness of God. It is not hard to see that God is good. The problem is not the goodness of God, but rather our refusal to see God's goodness. The Bible instruction to remember is always understood as active. We must be intentional in filtering our lives through our faith. In the Old Testament, we're told of God's work through Samuel. In 1 Samuel chapter 7, when he set up a visual reminder of God's faithfulness and power in Israel, it was a rock called what? An Ebenezer. Do you know one of the responsibilities that makes the local church so great in the New Testament? It's called the Lord's Supper. And do you know what it is? It's a specific, regular task assigned to the local church designed to help us remember This do in remembrance of me. And as I consider what the Lord Jesus did for me in His sacrificial death on the cross, I am moved to grow in Christ as I look to the cross again to remind me of the work accomplished for my sin. I remember the finished work of the Savior and I make my life right with Him again. In sanctification, I do the work required to submit to God's transforming power at work in me. And in worship, I am amazed that that is actually possible. If you're a child of God, remember your former bondage to sin. Now some of you have really cool salvation stories. Others of us don't, right? No! Every single child of God has an awesome, amazing, astonishing salvation story. I don't know who originally said this, but someone is quoted as saying, God saved me from a life of drugs and alcohol and immorality at the age of five years old. God did that. And hallelujah for that testimony. Every person is born in bondage to sin, separated from God. And Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Read verses 2 through 7 a little bit later. And don't forget that. You're going through, you're going through Thessalonians throughout this year in chapels, as I understand. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 5. Paul says, do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? Well, what things? Basically, Jesus is coming again. Don't forget that. Remember daily the death and the resurrection and the soon return of our Savior. Time flies. I realize that every time I come back here don't forget to remember carefully. My mind has played some tricks on me, I guess you might say, in these last few days. As Dr. Marriott said, our daughter was here in the volleyball tournament. She's a senior in high school. Seems seemed like just yesterday I was that. I do the starting lineups for our volleyball team and basketball teams. And Lindsay... I was, I was introducing the starting lineup of our first volleyball game this year. We didn't play volleyball last year at all because of health reasons. And uh, this was our first volleyball game now in two years, essentially. And I was introducing that starting lineup, and the program listed their name, their number, and their year, what grade they were in. And as I was reading those with a little bit of enthusiasm, I came down to number 20, Lind, uh, uh, number twenty, a, s- a senior you're not supposed to choke up as a public address announcer. And I did. Time flies. Don't forget to remember carefully. One final thought as it relates to memories and remembering. What about bad memories? Don't forget one of the most often quoted Bible verses in Romans eight twenty eight, And all things work together for good to those who are the called according to his purpose. Thank God that he can do such a thing. The hurt that you experience creates memories for you. And I understand this is the case in terrible situations, but I mean mainly more along the lines of trials and difficulties, and so choose to remember them carefully. The psalmist says in Psalm 119, verse 55, I have remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night. I cannot tell you today, partially because I don't remember, <laughs> when four of our five children learned to ride a bike. Early on as a young child. I can tell you when our 10th grader son learned to ride a bike, partly because of how recently it happened, just a couple Of weeks ago. But I will remember it well into the future because of how it happened. You wouldn't be able to tell by simply looking at him, I don't think, very quickly. Um, Academically, Matthew is on par when he does his homework, but physically, he is behind in many ways. He can't feel his legs, he doesn't have much feeling altogether. He began to play football this last year when he was a freshman last year at our school. We have eight-man football, and there were a couple times he was just absolutely blasted in some form of a tackle. One time we have on video because the opposing team was streaming it on YouTube, and on the kickoff, I was there live. He wasn't looking only because everyone's peripheral vision is limited and only extends so far, and out of nowhere, someone just laid him flat on his back. And I was scared, but he got right up and he kept going because he couldn't feel it. <laughs> and, and, that, and that's a good thing, but it's often a terrible thing. And he, it, we, we often have to be his pain sensors for him and pull him back. Well, one of the things he could not do because of that lack of feeling in his legs is he couldn't ride a bike. We bought a traditional looking BMX bike for him with a sidecar that people used to in, in professional bike riding even to uh, do tricks on and so on. And, and don't get me wrong, this bike was uh, lo- well-loved across our campus, but we bought it for him because he couldn't ride a bike like every one of his friends. And several times this last summer specifically, I did think, maybe we'll give it another try again. We had tried several times in previous years, maybe we'll give it a try again, but it had been a while since we'd tried. Well, on that first volleyball game of the year that I spoke of a moment ago, I was heading up to the gym, our gym there at Valley Christian Academy for the first volleyball game of the year, and I saw this boy riding a bike in front of the lockers. Now, our lockers are outside because the weather there is better than here, and we're looking for teachers in California. (laughs) But I saw this boy riding his bike along the lockers and as my eyes focused, I realized that's my 10th grade son and he's riding a bike. And then I heard, Dad, look, I'm riding a bike. And later that night, I had taken the trash out and I choked up on the way back in and shared quickly with my wife, it often takes difficulty to form sweet memories. And I shared with her how this moment wouldn't be nearly as memorable if it had taken years, if it hadn't taken years to get to that point. Some of your memories are attached to trials and difficulty, but that is only meant to intensify the greatness of God and his ability to take our junk and make it his treasure. Now, I'm not comparing the delayed bike riding of a 10th grade boy to Job's trauma that we read about in Scripture. I hope you know that. I hope Job knows that. But Job 23.10 is still pretty cool. But he knows the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. So don't forget. God always has a purpose in our memories and he calls us to remember. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Certainly not an expositional or homiletically sound message, but a plea for student and staff alike to remember. Certainly the illustrations outweighed the exposition. I understand that. But my plea for you this morning as Maranatha students is to create memories that lift up the name of the Lord. And in doing that, not to forget what he's done for you. Oh, dear God, help these students and staff alike to never forget, to remember how great you are, we pray. Dismiss them with your blessing, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.